0: Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Kadar and this is Kadar Unveil, where we are learning to peel back, unveil, and look at some things in life. Um, today's episode is just a little different. Um, it's not going to be completely about the Bible. It's more so of the climate that is in this world. It's about what is going on right now with so much, you know, tension in the world and divide in our people. And it's just time to really talk about it. Um, So much has came out over the last couple of months and trying to go through and process it all and really look at what is going on, how to deal with it it's always um, best to take your time and to reflect and to look at everything before speaking out. So for me, I think today would be the day where I finally speak about all of the injustice that's injustice that been going on, um, the untimely deaths of so many young people. And I think it's time for, um, you know, Kadar unveiled to really bring a touchy subject to the surface so today as I said it's going to be a little touchy um it's going to be about the deaths of some of our brothers and sisters um our first one was about Ahmaud Aubrey, and pretty much everybody like Everyone should know who Ahmad is, unfortunately. Um, His story came out in May, but it actually happened in February of this year, which is 2020. So, his story, he actually passed away, I wanted to say, on the 23rd of February, and it didn't get any light or attention until May when the video started circulating. And it was about a young African-American male who went out for a jog. And because they're saying, allegedly, that he stopped by a construction site, that these two white males decided to follow him through the neighborhood, chased him him down with his car, hit him multiple times with their car, and eventually um, one got out. And chased him and shot him with a shotgun killed him and he fell to the ground in the middle of the road while this is happening while the two people are chasing him it's another guy um, who is following them recording the whole thing who later comes out and say oh he was just trying to you know see what was going on or protect or something crazy um, of that sort Never called the police. Never said this looks dangerous. Recorded. Held on to the video. And then finally put it out. So. That video. Was extremely hard. To watch. For me. I have a husband. Who is an African American male. Who is a little shorter than six feet. Who weighs a good amount of weight. And occasionally will go jogging in the morning and we live in a good neighborhood we live in a predominantly white neighborhood so the thought of my husband possibly running and jogging to do something that benefits him to do something that he likes or do something that could help his health could turn so diddly because of what he looks like now Earlier, I said it's because he allegedly went to this site, this construction site. Did he go to this site? Absolutely. Did he touch anything in his site? No. Ahmad Aubrey was a student who was looking to go into elect- um, electricity engineering, and had family members in his family who were already in the field and he was very interested in it and he went to look at the work that was being done to educate himself to look around but was he the only person that went no there were several other people that went to this site looked around walked further into the site walked around looked around like I said and he probably was the only African-American male, but he was not the only person that went. It later comes out that the people who followed him was an ex-cop and his son. And this cop who felt the need to chase down Ahmaud Aubrey for nothing, actually has history with him, actually was one of the cops who like, investigated Ahmaud Aubrey when he was in high school or something for something that he did. So this has not been a new case. like you he knew who Ahmad Aubrey was and constantly followed him around. and eventually this happened where it turned deadly. And now a young man is dead and he should have been celebrating what would have been, I believe, his 26th birthday in May. For someone who just turned 26 last Monday on the 8th of June, that terrifies me that terrifies me to think that we as a people we as an african-american people cannot go jogging in what is supposed to be the land of the free without possibly getting killed because we look like we shouldn't be there what does someone who look like they shouldn't be there look like exactly but the nonsense doesn't stop there. It goes on to finding out about Miss Brianna Taylor. Miss Brianna Taylor was an award-winning EMT. She was an EMT, a first responder, a person who really loved her job, who took her job seriously. And if I'm not mistaken, she was going to enroll in nursing or she was looking to switch to nursing and she was laying in her house in her house with her boyfriend when cops who were not in clothing who was not in their uniform so unmarked that's the word i was looking for unmarked cops came bursting in her door looking for a suspect that was already in custody the day before and came in, busting in her apartment. As her boyfriend, he has a gun. And if he hears someone coming in who did not announce himself, did not say police, police, did not say any of that. Unannounced and unmarked, he hears someone come in he grabs his gun to protect him and his girlfriend. And shoots. Well, the cops takes that. Which I understand at that point. The cops take their guns and start shooting back. This is where I feel some type of way. Because I understand as an officer, if someone shoots at you, you have to shoot back. You have to protect yourself. That is the line of duty. I get it. But when you burst into a door... Of Someone who's not the suspect You already had the suspect the day before You burst into a door And you do not announce yourself You do not come in and say police It is bound for someone Who has a gun to protect themselves And not only did you shoot a A a shot back You shot multiple shots Going through the house Where he was shot The boyfriend was shot And Brianna was shot eight times. She was shot eight times and died in her house. Her own house. Not one time did they say, I apologize. Not one time did they say, you know, we have the wrong house. Because it was the wrong house. And it came out later that it was the wrong house. But not one time did they apologize. Not one time did they try to resuscitate her. Not one time did they try to do anything to help this young woman and even help this young man. Once they seen that it was not who they were looking for and they realized that they had the wrong address, they left. They left and did not apologize. That is despicable. And that is disgusting. Brianna Taylor would have been, I believe, 27 this month. I believe her birthday was June. I want to say, I'm going to make sure because she deserves that. Brianna Taylor, she would have been Brianna Taylor's birthday. Let me look that up. She would have been 27, June 5th. She would have been a year older than me. Three days before me. And yet this young lady is dead. Because people did not take the time to one, look in the system and see if they have the correct address they did not communicate with the higher-ups or other people in their department to make sure that we get the people, did we get the suspect yet? And they didn't even show sympathy. They didn't apologize. And yet the workers who killed this young woman is still working. Not on administrative, um, not on administrative leave, not on death duty, but still working, still working the force. That is despicable. We found out about Brianna Taylor in May of this year, May of 2020. Her case happened a month after Ahmad's. Her case happened in March, March 13th, 2020. It is sad that we. Don't hear about this kid. Like, literally, Ahmad's happened February the 23rd, 2020. And we didn't hear about it until May. Until May. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's nothing more that I could say about that but it doesn't stop there it doesn't stop there we have to go on and we have to see the unfortunate the unfortunate death of George Floyd every single death that I have named before Breonna Taylor Ahmad Arbery. Brianna Taylor's was not recorded. Ahmad Arbery's was recorded, and that was hard to watch. But to watch George Floyd, a grown man, get choked and strangled. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say strangled. A to watch an officer. Who known him, who knew him, who had history with him, because they worked together at a security like office or force before they did overnight security, to watch an officer kneel on this man's neck for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. While this man did not resist. This man did not commit a crime worth dying for. While this man asked politely, Officer, please. I can't breathe. Please get off me. Like, he asked nicely. Wasn't being a threat. Wasn't wasn't trying to kill or hurt anyone. And yet, this officer... Kneeled on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, while two other officers kneeled on his lower back and his legs, and then another officer, because there was four, stood by with his hands in his pockets, watching everything. Not one of the officers who did not have his knee on the neck asked the man, "Hey, let up on him." Hey let him let him up let him sit up he's not doing nothing let him it's four of y'all against this one man George Floyd was born in 1973 his birthday was October 14th two days after my mother's birthday a different year yet he died May 25th of 2020 May 25th of 2020. This man, a 47 year old man, we like, he, he, he begged. He begged for them to get off of his neck, begged for him to allow him to breathe. I can't breathe. My body hurts. My head hurts. Everything hurts. That is the words that he said. He said, I can't breathe. And yet, this man, this officer, stood, kneeled, let me be correct, kneeled on this man's neck. As a nurse, he is kneeling on his carotid artery. He kneeled on it for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yet he did not move. He did not. And this man called out, George Floyd called out for his mother who died two years ago. He called out for help to his mother two years ago, who died two years ago. At that point, he knew. I believe wholeheartedly that he knew that he was going to die at that moment. But it doesn't stop there. It gets worse because this man begged and pleaded for them to get off his neck. He begged and pleaded for him to be able to breathe. He called out for his mother who died two years ago. And we watch his body go lifeless. His body goes lifeless they finally call the EMT or the emergency, whatever you want to call it, and they come. Do they begin to resuscitate this man? Some people say it because he was already dead, that's why they didn't do it. When you come up to a scene, you you tell the people back up, let me clear this space. Clear this space, you check. The artery, the carotid artery, the same artery that the police officer was kneeling on. You check right there to see if you have a pulse. If you do not have a pulse, you begin CPR. You begin CPR and you begin doing everything that you can to revive that person. They did not. They did not do that at all. And at that point, they are just as guilty as the officers. And my book, I'm sorry, as a nurse... If I come up to a scene and I see someone laying down and I see them not responding and I check your pulse and your pulse is not pumping back. It is not for me to declare that you are dead. It is for me to work on you, to bring you back, to work as hard as I can to make sure that I try to get you back. And they did not. So this is the stuff that we face as African-American people we face this each and every day and people who are not african-american don't understand it some of you don't understand the fear that some people live in the anxiety the anger the frustration the despair that we live in each and every day and it's like you tell african-americans well don't resist he was not resisting george floyd was killed because of a counterfeit allegedly a counterfeit bill or a check because the owner of the store had been receiving counterfeit bills from someone and it wasn't him because this was his first time in uh, Minneapolis I believe this was him passing a $20 bill I believe and it was actually a real one so this man died for nothing and then If the people, if the people, us, African American males and our Caucasian allies, our Latino, Latino allies, our Asian allies, if it wasn't for the people who decided, you know what, that is wrong and wrong is wrong and everybody decided to unite and fight for this. If it wasn't for them, the officers would never been put on leave or been fired. It's not until you see an uproar of anger that something is done when black lives are lost. And this is why we say black lives matter. We're not saying that no one else matters. As black people, we are some of the most feared, but we love so hard. And it's sad to say, when we say black lives matter, we don't mean whites don't matter, Asians don't matter, Latinos don't matter. We're not saying that at all. We're saying that we matter just like everyone else. We deserve to be heard just like everyone else. Our lives deserve to be seen, deserve to be lived just like everyone else. And don't come to me about Black on Black crime because everyone has crime on their own race, on their own ethnicity. But it comes to a point when Black lives... Get things stripped away. If you look at our communities, many people don't want to invest in our communities because they feel like we're going to tear it down. When we had things in our communities, our resources, our schools, our after school programs, our jobs, many of them was gentrified and taken away. So then when it's time for us to go get a job or go do things that we need to do in order to survive, like go out and get another job or look for different resources and we have to go into another neighborhood or different community, we are being racially profiled because it's, oh, you don't belong here. Well, give us our resources. Black lives matter because we're fighting just for equality. Why are black lives fighting for equality in a land of free? We are supposed to be a land of freedom, a land of equality, a land of peace, a melting pot for everyone. Yet we still have so much racism and unjust and oppression going on in this place. And when you hear people talk about don't kneel because you're disrespecting the flag, it's disrespectful to us because not only did African-Americans fight in wars, they, they served in wars, they died in wars. But not only that, if you forgot, some of our people was even injected with syphilis and different diseases to see if it worked, to see how it was spread. Many of our people are still suffering from the things that happened years ago. Black lives is not just about Black Lives Lives Matter movement is just not about white cops on black people. It's about all injustice. You have Dylan Roof, who was a white male, went into North Carolina, went into a Bible study in a black church, sat down with them, prayed with them, and then shot eight people, eight or nine people. And what happened to Dylan Roof? He was peacefully, peacefully arrested, taken to Burger King, and then sentenced or convicted or whatever you want to call it. Yet he did not die after killing eight or nine people. So many people. One, I forgot this, this one guy's name. He was caught in the act. Caught in the act of raping a young woman who was unconscious outside of outside of their school in a bush he got 6 months probation because the judge said he's young and they don't want to ruin his future yet a black male who was accused of raping a young woman who later came out and said she lied was sentenced For about 6 or 10 years. And now has to register as a sex offender. Tell me black lives don't matter. Tell me black lives don't matter when we are being punished. Harsher than any other race. And I'm not saying you don't punish and, you know, convict those who are wrong. When wrong is wrong, yes. Yes. But if you want to do it to us, you got to do it to everyone else. And it's sad that we don't have that. But I try to be, I I try not to be angry because it's not just a physical war that we're fighting. It's a spiritual war. God, in the Bible, in Ephesians, it tells us not to, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against those in high places, against darkness. We have to be vigilant and we have to keep our armor of God on. We have to stay prayed up and we have to look to God in everything that we do. But as a Christian, I can be honest, I am tired of watching people who look like me, people who look like my brothers, people who look like my mother, Sandra Bland. People who look like me die for no reason. Let's be real here. And if you don't think police brutality is a is an issue, I want you to look up, and this is very, very graphic. I want you to look up the video of a guy of a police officer who kills this man. Who kills this man. It's called, well, it's from 2016. And it's crazy that it's coming out now. From 2016, he was 26. This man um, named Daniel Shaver. In 2016, January 18, 2016, to be exactly, Daniel Shaver f- was from Texas, was shot and killed by Philip Brailsford in a hotel in Arizona. Now, Daniel Shaver was there for work. He was an exterminator, so he had what looks like a gun, but it was a pellet gun to get like the birds and everything out. He was there for work and because someone reported that he had a rifle these police officers came up to his hotel room as he was coming out and told him get down on the ground he did everything this is a white male by the by the way this is a white male daniel shaver is white this man came out put his hands up immediately dropped to his knees didn't know what was going on everything that the officer said he complied the officer kept telling him if you move I will shoot you. Any little move, any little mistake that you do, it will lead to your death. I will kill you. This officer kept telling this young man this. Never told him why he was there, never told him what was going on. The man accidentally moved while while he was crawling to the guy on his to the officer on his knees. He accidentally like moved his hand or fell or something. And the officer lit him up with bullets. This is why we fight against police brutality. This is why we fight for Black Lives Matter. But we also don't just fight for us. We fight for other people who are not being heard. I need you guys to take time, really dig deep in yourself, and pray about the people that's on the front lines who are fighting for justice, for Black lives, and against police brutality. But for those of us who are Christian, who believe in Christ, not only should we protest and be out there and be heard, we should also pray, we should also fast, We should also be a voice for those who are not being able to voice their voice, who are not able to say things. I pray that this message did not bring you down, but uplift you to help you understand the severity of what we are going through. I'm sorry this message had to come the way it is, but it's time that we speak on it. This has been my words. This has been my feelings. I am tired. I am hurt. But I love you guys and try to keep pushing. All right. This has been Kadar Unveiled. I'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, guys. So I am actually back. Um, I thought about ending the last episode or the last segment of this episode like that but you know I did say this is Kadar unveiled and we are learning to you know peel back unveil and reveal some things about life but also see what God says about things so it would be only right for me to see you know what does God say about things in a situation and this is what I believe God is saying I believe that God is a very just, um, a righteous God, a just God. And he believes in restoring and making sure that his people have justice. You know, he always says like in the Bible, it talks about how vengeance is, vengeance is his says the Lord. Vengeance is mine says the Lord. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but in this time, you know, in the last segment, I talked about us as Christians, us as believers, those who believe in a higher power, who believe in God, who believe in Jesus Christ, who believes in the Holy Spirit, we have a duty during this time. And, you know, it may not be for every single Christian to jump in. It may not be for every believer to jump in and, you know, get their hands dirty and be on the front lines and everything and it may not be for everybody to immediately switch their time of praying praying and fasting to this particular topic. But for those of us who feel so grieved and so hurt and upset and just don't know what to do. Don't know if I should go protest, don't know if I should call into the government or the you know the officials. For those of us who only know the Bible. And what God says, let me give you some of scripture, some scripture. So as I said in the last segment in Ephesians, in Ephesians 6. Um Ephesians 6 starting at verse 12 to be exactly um to be exact. It says, this I'm reading from the Amplified Amplified version of the Bible. It says, for our struggle is not against about let me let me actually start back let me go back to verse 10 i'm gonna start at verse 10 in ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 from the amplified version it says in conclusion be strong in the lord draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might Put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier. So you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies of the deceits of the devil. In the scripture, it talks about in this first couple of um, scriptures, it talks about getting our strength from God because he is the one who has boundless strength, endless strength strength he is the one who's going to renew us who are, who will protect us from the devil from the strategies and the schemes of the devil and it goes off goes on in verse 12 saying for our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending only with physical elements so it's not just physical things it's not just things that we see but it's against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of this Present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly supernatural places. When it says supernatural, that means the spiritual realm. That means the things that we don't see. The things that we may even feel but cannot attest to, that we cannot put a finger on. It is the things that we pray and we see. It's the things that come to us in dreams and visions. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not just a person that we're fighting against. It's not just white and black or Asian and Latino. It's not just that. It is against a spiritual force. In chapter 13, it says, therefore put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger, And having done everything that the crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. God tells us, in the scripture, it tells us to put on the full armor. And in the scriptures to follow, you're going to see what the full armor is. But we cannot put on certain parts of the armor and think that we will be fully protected. We have to put on the full armor armor of God we have to be fully equipped just like any other soldier that goes to war you cannot go to war with your helmet and your boots and not have your your clothes on you cannot go to war with your helmet and your boots and not have your guns or you can go you can't go to war with your guns and not have bullets you cannot go partially prepared you have to be fully covered and ready for war but it also says to stand in your place, fully prepared, immovable. Meaning you you won't be wavered, you won't be moved, and victorious. So God tells us to put on the full armor of God, so that we are able to be victorious. We will win. We will come out of this thing on top. In verse fourteen, it says, "So stand firm and hold your ground, having." Tighten the wide band of truth. So we got to have truth with us. Part one of our full armor of God. Truth is personal integrity and moral carriage Around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. An upright heart. An upright heart is knowing what's right from wrong. Truth from a lie. Light from darkness. And it says the breastplate. So we have to cover our hearts and protect our hearts from the schemes and the deceit of the world from the devil when your heart is corrupt and this is a is, this is a big thing that's going on especially while we see all the corruption going on and the racism and the injustice this is a heart issue this is a heart issue because many people don't know what is really bothering them it's not just because i'm black That that gets a good part of it but it's something much deeper that is rooted in their heart and in their spirit that is causing this injustice and this, this hatred to just rise and grow. So then it goes on to say, in having strapped on your feet, the gospel of peace and preparation to have peace. The gospel of peace on your feet means to face the enemy with firm-footed stability, readiness produced by the good news. You know who God is. You know who Jesus is. You know what he did. He came, he died, he descended, rose with all power, and went up to heaven. That is the good news. We know that he defeated the devil. He has always defeated the devil, and he will continue to defeat him, and that's why the devil is mad. Devil, you're a hater. I'm just saying. So here it is. It's telling us to put on the gospel on our feet. To produce by the good news. Readiness produced by the good news. And then it says, Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith. So our faith will protect us. With which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. When it talks about flaming arrows, the devil will throw different tactics different schemes different arrows per se in your direction you will be hit by every different direction but when you have the armor of god on and when you have you know the shield of faith on it will not burn the way the devil thought it would and now it will not take you out the way he thought it would you will sustain and you'll be blocked you will block these things you will be aware of what's coming before It comes because you're connected to God. You're connected to a higher source. And lastly, it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we have the word of God with us, we are able to cut out the lies We are able to remove the lies. We are able to discern the spirits. We are able to see what is really the problem and dig deep and get to the root of the problem. We have to be so careful as Christians that we don't attack this thing just by physical force. Because it's easy to see something and react. And it's much more difficult To not see things and try to react in a spiritual way or in a way of understanding when we really don't understand it. And that's why it's so important to cling to God and make sure that we know who God is and talk to God and pray to God and draw closer to Him. Because definitely in the times like this where it's so much uncertainty and so much tension. We need something that is stable. We need something that is constant. We need something that is true. That is reliable. And the only thing that is reliable is the word of God and Jesus Christ. And the life of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And who they were. I mean who they are and who they represent. In the Old Testament and New Testament. That is the only thing that remains constant no matter what. So... I think we have to be very careful to attack this thing in the spiritual form. But I also said in the last segment, in the segment before I decided to cut it off and then come back, I also said that we as Christians have a duty. This is my personal belief. We also have a duty to be the voice for those who are not heard. And when I say this, I say it because I come from a time, like, I believe that we always have a duty to just be there for people who are being mistreated. But then I was talking to my husband about it and we was talking about the scriptures and it came up in Proverbs 31. Now, most people think of Proverbs 31 as like, uh the The woman a virtuous woman but if you go back before where it talks about the words of lemuel lemuel um in there in verses 8 and 10 so proverbs 31 verses 8 through 10 in the amplified version it says open your mouth for the mute for the rights of all those all sorry (laughs) it says open your mouth for the mute for the rights of all who are unfortunate and defenseless. Open your mouth, judge righteous, righteously, and administer justice for the afflicted and needy. This scripture, for me, is a physical thing. It could be a spiritual thing when it says, open your mouth for the mute and be the... And- Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of those who are unfortunate and defenseless. I believe that, you know, there's a time when we open our mouths and pray and fast and be there for those who are not able to fight themselves in a spiritual realm. But I also think it's time for, it's a time for us to be a physical presence when It's time for, I mean, a physical presence for those who do not have a voice. So when it says open your mouth for the me and for the rights of all who are unfortunate and defenseless, open your mouth, judge righteously and administer justice for the afflicted and needy. I believe that is where we have to come in and be willing and okay to be on the front lines. We have to be willing and okay to let our voice be heard and to be seen at this point. We have to be. The voice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, and so many more. We have to be the voice for those because they are not able to say what really happened. They're not able to testify what is going on or what had gone on during that time. We are not, for me, me personally, we are not to sit back and just let things happen and turn our eye from it and act like we don't see anything. I believe, my personal belief, I believe that we have a right to say things, to speak out, to testify. Even when it comes to our preachers and our leaders and our influencers, you all have a duty to me, in my opinion. You all have a duty to speak out to those who follow you who follow your teaching and those who look up to you so for our Instagram influencers anyone who's listening I believe that when you have a following you have many people following you and it's your duty to really spread the light in love and respect to others to try to help others understand that this is not the way As preachers, especially preachers with predominantly black churches or preachers with a mixed culture. I believe it is your duty to help others in the congregation understand the severity of what is going on in today's world. Like, um, I respect Mike Todd because I watched some of his videos where he talks about racial um, reconciliation. And he had a video from years ago that he played again when everything started coming out. And he did another video of the revolution where it kind of spelled love backwards. But it, But he also spoke about him being a black man in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And how one incident could have went wrong if he was not who he was and did not understand the climate of which he lived in this is a man who is a pastor who is a father who is a husband who is a technically an influencer who many people look up to read read his book who is not an author a bestseller at that but at a split second at any moment When he had that incident with the officer on his own property, it could have went left if he did not come out respectfully telling him who he is, just being overly explanatory of himself. And I think that's the scary part because no one else has to do that. No one else has to overly explain themselves just to stay alive. So when it comes to the influencers, the preachers, the leaders, even us regular oldagler people. When it comes to educating and making sure that others around us are aware of what's going on. I believe it is our duty. And my hopes and my prayers is that we take this time not only to educate and inform others who may not truly understand or may not be able to see the wrong in what's going on, but I think it's important for us, one, to draw near to God and to really pull strength from Him and guidance and love and forgiveness and try to move past this and understand that everyone who looks like the person who killed the innocent black men and women are not evil. Everyone who may be Caucasian is not evil. Every officer is not evil. It's it's not a black, white, Officer thing, it's against unjust police brutality for those who excessively use their force to kill. It's a, it's about the heart that is corrupt. It's about just the injustice, the unjust, the knowing it is wrong and still getting away with it. So, guys, I do uh, this topic, I tell you, um, I do not want to keep this message going because I think by now you guys get the point. It is senseless. Um, But before I end it, I do want to bring up the topic that I mean, not the topic, but the story of another African-American male was killed by an officer Rashawn Brooks he was killed in Atlanta outside of a Wendy's um for those who do not know his story this happened on the 14th of June I believe so a couple of days ago he was a man I believe he was drinking he fell asleep in the Wendy's drive-thru someone came up to him told him like hey you can't be in a drive-thru you gotta move he pulled over into another parking spot and I guess he fell back to sleep officer came over and at first from the video i seen it seemed like everything was going fine it seemed like he was complying with the officers he was telling the officers what was going on and he he asked was he drinking he's i think he said yes and they did a breathalyzer and then um i don't know i think the officer was like okay you know i think he was gonna let him go at first or asked him like was he going somewhere or something but then the officer wound up telling him like hey I have to arrest you or or put him in handcuffs and did not tell him he was arresting him Rashawn Brooks I guess got scared or got shook or felt like he was in danger started tussling with the officer took the officer's stun gun or taser, and started running away from the officers now do I condone taking a gun the officer's taser or stun gun or whatever it's called no I don't condone that but I also don't condone him being shot multiple times and being shot in the back and killed it was a stun gun so you could have ran up on this person you have another one or your partner has one and stunned him to he fell you have something where you could have tackled him even if you shot him even if the officer shot him because he felt like oh he has my taser that's what pissed him off and he didn't want to get tased even if you shot him you could have shot him in his leg you shot him multiple times in his back and your words were ooh I got him got him and then you came over and said yep I got him and that was your response at that point it was no accident that was murder (sighs) guys this has been a long a long episode episode I'm going to end it because the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, it frustrates me. It drains me. And I have to keep my mind and my spirit and my heart in the right place. So I love you guys. I pray you guys will educate yourselves on what is going on. Educate yourselves on laws and what you can do to help those who do not have a voice. We'll also be willing to pray draw near to God and ask God to take away anything that is unlike Him because a lot of feelings are rising up at this time guys I will come back with another episode maybe next week and I will bring something more positive I promise but as an African American woman who also is a believer and a follower of Christ I have to do my part And I have to talk about what is going on. All right, my loves, my unveiled family, I love you all. I pray you all remain safe. Hug and love on your family members. Tell them you love them. Call them. Check on them. I will talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye.